Welcome to the Eye on Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Hey, you know, the other week we talked to Doug Tallamy from, uh, that was going to the Home Expo, and it sort of flows into it, but we are sitting here at the table with the executive director and a member of the board of directors for Unity Gardens, which is a nonprofit here in Anne Arundel County. And we have Joni Miller, who is the executive director, and Tara Mares, who is a landscape designer, mm-hmm. as well as the board member here. Are you a landscape architect? No, I'm a landscape designer. Okay. What's the difference between the two? A licensor. So okay. uh, landscape architects have to go through uh, many, many hours of um, working with a licensed uh uh, contractor, and then they have to go through lots of testing. And I came to this, this is my second career. And when I moved careers, my kids were really, really tiny. Um, so no time for that. Okay. So I just jumped into the hands-on. <laughs> kids, they ruin everything, don't they? <laughs> don't, don't they? One, thing, one thing in life that you find that uh, changes your life Literally overnight and in a second, it's it's kids. Yeah, that's for sure. But always for the good. So, and Joni Miller, who is the executive director of Unity Gardens, and I should say that Unity Gardens is the website is pretty obvious. It's unitygardens.org, as most nonprofits are at the .org. But I thought I knew a little bit about you guys. Um, but then, as I started to dig a little bit, I realized that I didn't know nearly as much as I thought, which is uh, which is a good thing because I'm so kind of excited to learn about it. So. What's what's the background? What does Unity Gardens do? Well, uh, Unity Gardens is a nonprofit that works exclusively in Anne Arundel County to provide grants to community groups to plant rain gardens, um, erosion control projects, uh, pollinator gardens, and other landscaping that helps address environmental problems. Okay, so, now when you say community groups, I mean is that um, uh, okay? I'm I'm thinking okay, we got Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts that do projects. They they count. They count. Um, what about, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming just different organization, churches and and whatnot. We'll, yeah. What about homeowners associations? Are they HOAs in? are big. Yeah. Yeah. We, we work with a lot of homeowners associations um, and we've, we're in the middle of a grant cycle now where we're accepting applications and we've seen a lot of homeowner associations that have issues on their property that they want to address, whether it's flooding or standing water, or they just want to put some habitat into their space. So in a way, you're kind of like the uh, Chesapeake Bay Trust as a, a, a grant-making organization. I mean, they're, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're taken and they, they dole it out to, I mean, there could be a, a homeowners association that wants to do something that's going to help the, uh, the erosion into whatever creek it might be. Or yeah, we, we do work alongside the Chesapeake Bay Trust quite a bit, and our grants tend to be smaller grants where theirs are larger. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we, we know the folks over there and we work with a lot of the same groups and we send groups to each other like, hey, your project is a little bit too big for us. You should check with CBT. And then they send folks to us too. For the smaller one. Yeah, well, well, and also they work together sometimes. So um, several projects, including some of the ones that are um, coming through the cycle now, they are applying for both Chesapeake Bay Trust grants and Unity Gardens grants. So they split up okay. um, the funding between two. 
Yeah, what's different about our grants is we we specialize in plants, in trees, shrubs, perennials, and grasses, um, all natives. And so um, in a case like Tara um, mentioned, a group might apply to Chesapeake Bay Trust to do some um, invasive uh, control yeah or pull, pull out invasive plants um, they might need to do some hardscaping they might need to do some construction or um, work to to really alleviate big big issues on the property and then we come in and pay for the plants okay so you're not you're not bringing in the bulldozers or the graders or anything like that to do yeah. that now how big how big are your grants uh, typically they are up to a thousand dollars but in this spring cycle, we're going to be giving out grants up to $3,000. So we've had um, an increase in funding from the county. And so we're really excited to be able to, to do some bigger grants. That's that's pretty neat. Now, do you you guys, I mean, I guess like the, the Bay Trust, they don't wade into the water too much, so to speak. I mean, are you guys as an organization, uh, I, w- I would assume, Tara, you as a <laughs> landscape designer do, but do you guys get the dirt under your fingernails as an organization? Well, I mean, we visit people on their planting days and we support them in any way they need, but really we're just there to support, answer questions through the grant cycle, and then, you know, be there to record and give them our signage on the planting day. Mm-hmm. How did you get here, Joni? I mean, okay, I know we came up Ritchie Highway, took a right of the light. <laughs> but but I mean, how, how, did, how did you end up here at Unity Gardens? Um, well, I've, I've always been uh, an environmentalist, but in uh, 2012, uh, my husband and I bought a, a three and a half acre property in Arnold that was covered in invasive vines and trees and bamboo and all kinds of, um, all kinds of things that we didn't want to be there. And so um, my kids were young, and I had had the opportunity to um, take the Master Gardener course. So I became a Maryland Master Gardener in 2013, and that really got my interest in, in native plants up. So I've been working for you know almost 10 years trying to turn my property into a native plant sanctuary. I've planted almost 200 trees on the property, and and uh, lots of perennials and shrubs and all kinds of things to to try to bring wildlife in. Neat. And so I I um, I learned about Unity Gardens when my kids were at Arnold Elementary. Um, another person there applied for and received a Unity Gardens grant. So I was a volunteer on a Unity Gardens grant. A rain barrel, let me guess. Was it? <laughs> um, it wasn't a rain barrel. Um, uh, my my good friend Jessica Zender is um, she created a native garden and a sensory garden um it's it's really a meditation garden um but i was a volunteer there and we brought we did all the planting um we took kids on tours and um let them touch and smell and feel the flowers and see the insects on them and you know i kept hearing about this unity gardens and i uh a friend of mine recruited me to be on the board so i joined the board in 2017 and then uh, in 2019, when our executive director left, I uh, took the role of executive oh, director. Interesting. Have you heard of um, Wild Kid Acres? They're down in um, Edgewater, sort of by just a little, little past Camp Letts. Okay. And 
Great story. I mean, it's funny you said the property was all overgrown and everything else. And I mean, the gist of the story is that he bought this property because he wanted to be a farmer. He had a life changing thing in Africa when he was on on a trip and he's got this corporate trainer. He's a Navy Academy grad. He's military, the whole nine yards, buys this overgrown property and he's made it had to build the house himself um, because the house that he bought on it, they ultimately said, oh, yeah, no, the inspector that looked at it was wrong and it needs to be condemned and torn down. Um, after the mortgage was already signed and everything, of course. But he's just made a great thing. I mean, I hate to say it's like a petting zoo, but there's animals there and it's a fully sustainable farm, all native plantings that are coming on there. And he's, he's like, everybody on this farm has a job. Uh, and that goes from my wife to my kids to uh, every single animal here. Okay, yeah. the the chickens are going to be laying eggs. The, uh, the cows, you know, unfortunately are going to, provide meat and they're going to provide milk and, and, and whatnot. And they found some uh, great historic history on the property as well. Um, with the, uh, uh, Negro league, the baseball, uh, teams used to practice there when they were clearing some of the shrub and people, it was just, uh, an, literally an overgrown, you would go right by it and just nothing but vines. And it's just a wonderful thing that they're growing. So if you ever get a chance to go down there, wild kid acres, um, but, and, and what's, where, where did you come from? I mean, obviously, we talked to her a little before we started in Minneapolis. So, but I mean, how did you get involved with um, Unity Gardens? So, um, I believe in 2006, um, I went through the Watershed Stewards Academy program. Um, and that is Anne Arundel County's education program for community leaders who want to do education and outreach and projects in their communities to you know, help stormwater and all that. And during that, my capstone project required funding and I applied for a Unity Gardens grant and got it. So that was my first encounter with Unity Gardens. Since then, I have done uh, pro bono designs for some communities putting in Unity Gardens um, plantings. And then about a year ago, the president of the board, Pat Mitchell, contacted me just out of the blue and was like, we're looking for board members. Are you interested? And I was definitely interested. Um, this is my first encounter on being on board of directors, and I couldn't think of a better organization. Sneaky way to get their $1,000 back. You know? Yeah. Take, 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 take it in time. <laughs> take it in volunteer hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the board of Unity Gardens is really important because we don't have a staff. Um, our board does the work of uh, talking to potential grantees, consulting with them about their projects, um, giving them a little extra knowledge if they need it. And then they review all the projects and make the selections and then keep up with the grantees afterwards. So well, you're the you're the executive director. Is that I mean, you said we don't have a staff. I mean, are you? Well, I, I am the staff. Um, is, I, that, is that a paid position? It's a paid position, but it's a it's a part time paid position. Okay. So it doesn't come with a private jet or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I keep things running. I'm the administrator of the grant program. I talk to all the potential grantees, but but I don't the monitor, the keeper of the email, and well, <laughs> it's it's a good position to be in because I don't select grantees. I don't vote on them, so I can you know I can be really frank with people and help them get their application into um, the right shape, so that when the board does review them, they can. They can see. Well, I think you're the, probably the, the ideal person to do that because of your experience. Uh, a clearing your own place, but um, <laughs> you know the, your experience on the board as well. Prior to you know taking on the uh, 
organization leadership mm-hmm. type role of the organization, yeah. which is really kind of mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, I think most board members have um, encountered not only, you know, Unity Gardens as an organization, but have themselves either volunteered on or done it themselves where they've planted a native garden and really know what it takes to maintain something like that. Now, it's an all volunteer organization. I mean, now, aside from the board, are there other volunteers? I mean, are there other tasks to do with the organization? I mean, on the most basic level, you're you're hunting down money, bringing it in and giving it out. Mm-hmm. Is there other things that, that you're doing that volunteers can help with or not too much or yet? Well, we... I mean, we are a very niche organization. Our mission is to um, to help communities plant native gardens, and that is that is all we do. So, as a small organization, um, we don't have our own group of volunteers, but we kind of work with we as a kind of a clearinghouse to connect people. So, uh, we don't have our own volunteer group. We stay really focused on on what we do best, which is help people put in native gardens and help them help them funding but okay. fund that yeah well you've said you said native gardens probably 10 times so far <laughs> what what is the important i mean a what what is a native garden and what is the importance of it so um a native plant garden is made up of all plants that are considered to be native to this area there is a whole debate about what native actually means but that's like a six-hour discussion yeah. so <laughs> Suffice to say that um, the plants that grew up here and know how to grow in Maryland, I mean, you saw we just went through a 40-degree swing. The plants that are native to this area know what to do with that. You know, the plants that are not native to this area freak out and die. Okay. So a native garden is made up of those plants that grew up here and know what to do. Why Why is that important? I mean, I can get a uh, New York hibiscus that just died last night and... I can get another one tomorrow and plant it. What's the benefit that the environment gets for a native plant? So it's both above and below the ground. So above the ground, the plants that grew up here co-evolved with the fauna who live here. So uh, the bees, the wasps, the birds, the squirrels, all of those animals that are native to this area grew up with these plants that provide food and shelter for them. So you plant the native garden to support that wildlife above the ground. That makes sense to me. And then below the ground, the root structure of these plants not only holds the native soil, it knows what to do with clay, it knows what to do with sand. They work together to create a network of decay and soil building underneath the ground. And that's something that plants that didn't grow up here can't do. Does that, I mean, I'm thinking about under the ground and stuff like that. Now, do native plants have a natural more tendency to be able to hold erosion? I mean, because I mean, know erosion is such a, and runoff is such a problem with the bay. Do natural plants have a tendency to hold that ground better because of their adaptability? Yeah. Um, for example, if you take turf grass versus a native like woodland grass, like a sedge grass. So turf grass here is not native to this area um, and it has a one-to-one root to shoot ratio. So when you mow it to three inches, the roots on the bottom are three inches at most. A native um, sedge grass that maybe might have, you know, three or four inches above ground has tenfold under the ground. So it just, the fibrous roots, it's just a bigger bang for your buck, you know, and turf grass has its place, but not everywhere. 
Interesting. Interesting on that. Well, let's talk on, on your grants. You said they're about this year, they're a little bit bigger. And you said, but they're typically at about $1,000 for things. So, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a fairly small project in the, in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Well, many of our grantees have put in matching funds. So, um, and for instance, a church might say, we want to uh, work on improving this area and we're going to put in $2,000 and we're going to get $1,000 from Unity Gardens. Or sometimes it's it's 50-50. Right. Okay. So you could be the the last the last mile i guess they say in deliveries you know mm-hmm. but the you know the, the last little bit that they need to complete a project yeah or it's an ongoing project you know landscaping is it's it's very hard if you if you've ever done landscaping at home you don't usually redo your entire front and backyard at one time <laughs> you in the spring you kind of work on this area and you let it get established and then the next year you work it somewhere in the back so we do have grantees that have come back to us um, a couple of times as they expanded their their gardens and did more on their property. Yeah, the other thing about starting small is that for an HOA or a community or um, a, a faith-based organization who's trying to get into this planting natives, starting small is really important because it's manageable. You can sort of figure out what works on your site on a smaller scale and then expand over the years. And you can maintain it. Keep yeah, it yeah. Maintained. That's a big one. Well, I, I would <laughs> imagine that you would see with native plants that, as you said, that they're, you know, Tara, that they're very used to what's going on here in Maryland, that it's probably pretty easy to see the success of a native planting as opposed to, oh, that looks like a pretty cool corkscrew tree or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, so a native plant garden is a garden and it should be maintained as a garden. So it requires mulch, it requires weeding, it requires watering, all the things that a regular landscape requires. However, it does not require the keeping the corkscrew, you know, nice and trimmed. It doesn't require cutbacks if you don't want to do that sort of thing. Um, so fertilizer. It's, yeah, it doesn't require fertilizer at all. And pesticides. Yeah. And generally speaking, after a couple of years of care, it does not need your help and it does not want it. A native plant garden that is allowed to grow into itself in a wild sort of way doesn't want your intervention, except for maybe keeping the invasives out. Really? Hmm. So you just go in and, and, and weed it and thread it out. I mean, I know I worked, I, I volunteered with the uh, Scenic Rivers Land Trust last year when they were up at um, Bacon Ridge pulling out all the non or the invasive species. I mean, I can't remember how many, I don't know if it was tons or <laughs> yeah. dump trucks, but it was a lot of them. Yeah. And it is a problem. It is yes. a problem. Um, so, I mean, what are you, are you looking to grow as far as your grants go? I mean, is you 3,000, I mean, is that going to be a ongoing thing? Hopefully, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, we don't, you know, uh, as a nonprofit, you can never really be sure how much uh, money yeah. you're going to have <laughs> each year. But um, it's really like going to the casino. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're we're treating it. Um, we're calling them power grants. So it's not something that we know for sure we're going to be able to to do long term. But we really want to uh, make a really big impact this spring with these big grants. And, you know, what's interesting is during covid you would have thought that applications would stop, that things would slow down. But people were really outside during COVID a lot. And we saw many more grant applications than usual. So there's really an appetite for community groups getting out there, being outside together, and then doing something positive for their community. My thing is, I think on that COVID 
front. I think that's a permanent change that you're going to see. I think people are really, mm-hmm. uh, it's a shame that it took a pandemic to figure it out, but a lot of people really got in tuned to whether it just be walking outside and getting some fresh air as opposed to you know driving up to the Seven Eleven to get a coffee or something, whatever it yeah. may be. And I, you know, I, I, to your point, I mean, people, people were planning and communities were planning. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of homeowners mm-hmm. associations with uh, crazed parents going, okay, I've had enough of this <laughs> homeschooling, put these kids outside and let them play. Right. <laughs> yeah. you, know? Uh, you know, certainly if my kids were that young, I, I would have been at the front of that line. Um, but now how do we, how do we apply for grants? I mean, obviously I'm assuming that probably the best place to start is unitygardens.org. Yeah, you can you can learn about past grants that we've funded there, and you can see our grant application. We have two cycles during the year that we offer grants. So one is in the spring, and it's from uh, it opens January fifteenth and closes March first. So we accept proposals for six weeks, and then we fund. Um, organizations for their spring projects, those that we select. And then we do that again in the fall from June 15th to August 1st. So okay. we, have a, we have a fall grant. So it sort of too. coincides with the planning seasons, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very neat. And I mean, how complicated is the, is the process to apply? Is it fairly simple? Just this is what it's pretty straightforward and we are always available. You can email Joni, you can email any one of the board members at any time and ask questions. We're very, very interested in people who are wanting this funding to be able to get the funding. So we will answer any questions or help you with the grant um, application. So, if I mean, if my homeowners association is looking to do something there, I mean, I, I mean, I obviously ought to come through and say, Hey, these are the native plants and this is the project I want to do. And you maybe have a, uh, I'd imagine since they're not, professional organizations per se, you're not getting architectural drawings or something with, you know, layouts. I mean, sometimes you may, um, but would a, would a sketch like, hey, here's the entrance to my community and the sign's already there and we want to put these native plants surrounding here and this is what we, you know, we need. Yeah, a loosely scaled sketch um, as closely to um, actual scale as you can get is really useful because then you know how many plants you need and how big they're going to get. The other thing that we um, really put an emphasis on is a solid maintenance plan. So often with um, HOAs and other groups, you have to know who's going to be doing the maintenance and when they're going to be doing that. Having a spreadsheet that says, you know, in March we'll be doing cleanups. In April we'll be doing weeding and watering. You know, those kinds of things um, and laying that out for a year cycle and then having your HOA or your um, if you're at an elementary school, the maintenance staff needs to sign on to that um, because these are gardens that we want to last. Well, yeah, for- you're protecting your investment and you're making sure that the gardens can thrive there. Yeah. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And a lot of our a lot of the folks that apply for grants, they've never applied for a grant before. So we we like this to be kind of a gateway grant for once a person realizes, hey, I can do this with my community. I can um, get some funding for a cool project that will bring people together. Once they go through the process, they can go on to bigger grants and they can do more community work. So we we really want this, we want our grants to be, it's not just about the plants. The plants are very important, but the community is important too. And that's one of the things we really look for when we're looking at grant applications is how many volunteers are coming out? Who's involved? Is there education involved can we get some kids in here can we can we bring nature to underserved communities or people who have less access to nature well i, I was in leadership Anne Arundel last year and one of the 
greatest things we did was uh, we helped down in Eastport in the public housing. We built uh, garden beds mm-hmm. uh, so they could grow their own vegetables and whatnot in the in the garden beds. Unfortunately, there was uh, drainage issues and they had to come down mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point after they got one one season of growth. So they're looking to do something else as well. But it's uh, it, was, it was really very rewarding and and to see the kids coming mm-hmm. in and and you know you know to go back and they're you know they're like oh my god look. There's a tomato, and I mean it's like the size of your thumb, but it was like okay, great. <laughs> let's move. Let's move on. Um, now, what projects I guess excite you guys the most, I and mean, what do you like to see? I mean, and I know you say, you pick and choose, and I'm assuming you have more applications than you have money. What projects excite you guys personally the most? I mean, do you like to see homeowners? Do you like to see kids get involved? Do you like? Uh, and are corporations allowed to do this? Uh, no, we don't. We don't do work on on private business properties. You know, improving the properties. Okay. Uh, we we do work with a lot of schools. We work with libraries or or community groups working at libraries. A um, lot of faith based organizations. So I think when we are looking at our our group, our our kind of uh, spring class of grantees, we want to have a, a mix of all different kinds. You know, we have a lot of rapid development in Anne Arundel County, so I really like to see some habitat being put into new construction areas where, you know, and I, I visited with some homeowners the other day that were on a property that used to be woods. So now that the woods are gone and there's houses, I love to see them putting back in some of the things that were lost, berries for birds and flowers for pollinators. Um, but we also really love working with faith-based organizations that have their own uh, congregation that can really learn from the experience, who is eager to come out and do the planting and then help with the maintenance. Tara, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would say that my biggest, um, what I look for the, big, the most is something that's visible, so something that people will encounter on a daily basis. For example, at an HOA, if you have a public space in the HOA that you're wanting to do this, it should be upfront and a feature. You know, if you're at a school, something that the kids will walk through as you're talking about it um, at Arnold Elementary, um, something that can be encountered. Because it's on a smaller scale, the education piece is really huge. And so even if it's just something that people walk through, those encounters are really important when I'm looking at a grant. And if somebody applies and we don't see that, we can go out and say, hey, maybe move it here, you know, to the front of the property where people can encounter and see it or to another place. Um, So apply is is the bottom line is if you have a project that you're thinking about and you have, you know, done some formal drawings or whatever, apply for the grant. And if it's not ready yet, we'll help you get it ready. I mean, we really just want to work with whoever wants to put these native plants in. That's great. Well, I, I love I love your logo. I'm looking at it across the table. I'm seeing shovels, dirt, butterflies, flowers, and possibly sun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that I? logo was redesigned for us two years ago by uh, Joe Barson. Okay. So you, he's you, an all right artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our friend Joe at Citizen Pride helped us and helped the board really look at a lot of different designs. And well, he he put together a lot of different right. designs for us and helped us 
come up with the logo that that really. You know, it's fit. unusual. Joe has such a unique style mm-hmm. um, that I look and I go, "Oh, that's oh, that's Joe. That's Joe. That's Joe." Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't pick yeah. that out there. That's a little bit different <laughs> than his than his his normal thing. I would not have that didn't jump out as a Joe a Joe design to me. Um, how do we help you guys? I mean, obviously, um, if I've got a lot of cash burning in a hole in my pocket, I can go onto your website, I'm sure, and click donate and, <laughs> and, and send donations. But what do you, I mean, how else can the community support you because you guys are supporting the community? Well, um, you know, start thinking about organizations that you know who might be able to use a Unity Gardens grant or spaces that you spend time in where enhancing the property, putting in more habitat, more flowers, more shrubs, more trees, you know, where, where you can really make a difference. So we'd love to see, see folks thinking about public places that that can happen. In addition, you know, we do have to fundraise throughout the year. So we do a couple of things. Um, one is we have a lecture coming up on March 12th that teaches homeowners and um, other folks how to how to plant more natives in their garden how to integrate more natives in their garden it's called plant this not that okay sounds like they're yelling at you (laughs) (laughs) well it's a plant this not that 50 ways to bring more bees butterflies and birds to your yard and uh, so it teaches people how to really make their yard a, a mecca for for wildlife. Okay. So we're accepting sponsorships for that event and we we have a lot of great community businesses already signed on. Uh, Bay Point Wealth is our presenting sponsor and they have been for three years in a row. Tara's company is a sponsor, um, but we've a lot of a lot of local like-minded businesses have signed on to help us. And that that's probably the biggest fundraiser that we have during the year that helps support this grant program. I think it's Great to see a lot of local business get on this. And I think that I've seen over the last you know 20 years or so that people are getting a lot more um, in tune with the environment and what we need to do. I mean, I think Annapolis Green has done a wonderful job with what they're doing. I mean, there's a great company out called um, Refill It out on the eastern shore. Oh, yeah. One of our board members is a volunteer there. Or, um, I, I, refill, refill, there. I think it's called Refill, refill Goodness. Yeah, Refill, refill goodness. goodness. Yeah, one of our newest board members, Katie Foster, um, as part of that organization. Um, you know, I, I, I spoke spoke with Jenny out there, and it was, uh, she gave me, like, uh, I bought little toothpaste tablets. Mm-hmm. And they don't taste quite as minty as the morning or the evening, and I like that. So I use them, like, if I'm going out in the middle of the day, I'll quick just a quick little freshen up and it's, it's good enough for that. And it's just a mindset you start to think about, whether it be native plants, whether it be, okay, well, you're drinking from a reusable bottle. You're probably going to go to the sink or the, you know, and, and refill it. And a lot of the local businesses have really gotten behind that. I mean, I know Homestead Gardens is, you know, huge, again, on the education. As you said, that's the critical component for what Unity Gardens is doing is, is educating. And uh, demonstrating, put it out front in front of everybody else there. But as you guys look around Anne Arundel County, and you guys obviously are familiar with the the landscape, figuratively <laughs> and literally, of Anne Arundel County, without any concern for money, okay, so this would be like a big, you know, say you had a $100 million grant, whatever it may be, scope, uh, permissions, whether it be private property or you couldn't get onto it or anything, what would be the holy grail of projects for Unity Gardens to do? 
Is if money were no object, huh? If money were no object, money, money is no object. Or, I mean, it, I mean, it could be that you just you hate the way that supermarket looks on whatever street it is, and you want to, you know. Obviously, we can't get permission to dig up their parking lot and put, you know, put plants in. But um, I would say so. In the vein of Unity Gardens and connecting communities, if I had all the money in the world. I would make a nature trail from one side of the county, from the north end of the county, all the way to the south end of the county. A continuous trail that, you know, is safe across traffic or bridges or whatever that features native plants, that features, you know, the real woodlands and landscapes of this beautiful area. You need to get with Bike AAA and they're, they're, they're doing the bike path. So you yes. <laughs> work on the landscaping with them. They've got, they're, they're working really hard. It's, it's so being from Minnesota in Minneapolis, where I grew up, there are sidewalks everywhere. You right. can go pretty much from Northern Minnesota to Southern Minnesota in a safe way. And when I moved here and there are bits and pieces of sidewalks or no sidewalks. It was just very strange to me. So that has always been something for me personally that is glaring and it fits with the Unity Gardens connecting communities. Um, so, you know, a, a nature trail would be ideal. I was down in Sanibel Island um, about two weeks ago and there's, and I don't, oh yeah, it is that a weird guys, some guy's weird name, uh, but it's a nature preserve. And I mean, the trails were just so extensive and long. It was just great. I mean, cause you could sit there and, you know, see exactly what the what the trees were, which you know what they did, and, you know, little crabs that live on the mangrove trees and everything else. It was just, it was absolutely fantastic. That's a great idea. That's right. Hey, Stuart, if you're listening, <laughs> get on that. Seriously, okay? <laughs> he would probably be amenable, but you know. Oh, oh, he just, totally, he totally, yeah, yeah. totally would. He totally would. What other partner organizations do you guys work with? I mean, obviously you mentioned you've got some sponsors that jump in. I mean, do you work with other, and the Chesapeake Bay Trust is a partner organization, I guess, and maybe that's not their official title, but. Yeah, well, one of the biggest partnerships we have is with the Green Give, which is a coalition of 11 Anne Arundel County. Tree hugging organizations. Yeah, tree hugging. <laughs> and um, we're all smaller environmental organizations. We all kind of have a niche and a thing that we work on. So, um, and we do a lot of sharing of information and, and helping each other out. So, um, this year our green give is on, it's in June, but you know, you mentioned Annapolis green, Annapolis green is one of them. Um, Arundel rivers federation, scenic right. rivers, Seattle land trust, trust, watershed stewards, Academy. Yeah, watershed stewards Academy. So, um, so a lot of organizations that are all, we are all on the same page about things we want to do to make Anne Arundel County better. Um, and we all do something a little bit different, so so we can we can help each other out, and we can send send folks to each other yeah. for to and be volunteers or um, for different programs that we each offer. And for those that aren't familiar with the Green Give, that's sort of a uh, I don't say an offshoot of, but it was sort of uh, developed off of the um, Great Give, which was the Community uh, Foundation of Anne Arundel County did it for a couple of years. Where, as with so many things, little. Little things make big things, and it it could be a little planting project, which is what you guys specialize in. Uh, it could be a little donation, and the concept was that donate a little bit, and there was hundreds of nonprofits across the county that you could donate, and it was one day, mm -hmm. and the amounts of money raised were just absolutely crazy, and then I think Elvia probably started the Green, green Give with... Um, because I know she was involved <laughs> with the uh, Great Give yeah, with she's me. she's definitely, definitely one of the... One of the first and, folks. You know, and essentially what it is, it's one day uh, where you will 
look with maybe 15 or so organizations Mm -hmm. and they're all environmentally based and you donate. I mean, if you know what I did with the great give and I do with the green give, I say, okay, I've got a hundred dollars and I'll look and I'll see what, what the mission is of, you know, what is unity gardens all up to? What is the watershed stewards Academy up to? And maybe I'm a little bit more biased to you guys and what, you know, and I say, okay, well, I'm going to give 20 to them and 10 to them and five to them. And, and you get, 10,000 people, I mean, we're a county of half a million. So if you get, you know, 10,000 people, 20,000 people, each giving a little bit, it makes a huge, huge difference uh, to our community and our habitat. So I well, do encourage you. Well, we thank you. you for that. Yeah. And, it, you know, it helps donors learn more about other small organizations. So if you go on saying, well, I'm going to give $10 to Unity Gardens and 10 to Watershed Stewards Academy, and then you learn about the Spa Creek Conservancy or the St. Luke's Restoration of Nature, then all of a sudden you learn about something that's right around the corner from you that you may want to support in the future. Right. So. Where are you guys going? Where are you going from now? You want to get real big and have, have <laughs> staff? And I mean, I mean, is that a is that a goal? To, I mean, I, I'm going to venture to say that if all of a sudden, you know, you would love to have millions and millions of dollars flowing in every single year to be able to flow out. Um, I mean, is that is the growth of the organization a goal? Or um, I think we want to do more education. Um, we're not trying to grow grow big, um, but we want to do more than just put plants in the ground and then um, and then leave them. We want to have more interactions with the people who are working on them and visiting them. Yeah, so, education and outreach would be a big piece that if we had more money, we could really fulfill that. This is great. Well, unitygardens.org is where you want to go. And we are speaking with Tara Mayers and Joni Miller, who are uh, a board member and ex-board member and the executive director. Uh, this was great. Thank you so much for your time to learn a little bit about Unity Gardens. Uh, I encourage everybody to learn a little bit more, a lot more. Go to unitygardens.org. And if you live in a community that has a homeowners association, if you go to a church or a synagogue or a mosque or whatever it is uh, that you feel, you know, could use some native plantings, uh, definitely look at at doing this. I don't know, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, again, they have two sort of open seasons on uh, Open season is like we're hunting deer. Uh, <laughs> we're hunting you know, native plants. Two, two open uh, periods for applications for the grants. And as as with everything, a little bit. I mean, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. $1,000 or maybe even $3,000. A little can accomplish a lot. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.